0: Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And it is the finale of our draft previews. And we're looking at the wide receiver draft class today. And this is important, Justin, because we said it in the beginning of the month. This is the fifth year that Talking Giants is doing draft previews. The first four years, the last position we preview the Giants take in the first round. Quarterback 2019, offensive tackle 2020, wide receiver 2021, and then offensive tackle last year. Every single year, we have predicted with our last preview pod what position the Giants are going to draft. So get ready to pick one of these wide receivers. Woo-wee!
1: We did it. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. That is my emotions in
0: one noise and one note. How are you? I am so excited. Good, uh, you know, I'm I'm heading to New York the day that you're everyone is listening to this. So I just want to do a quick like, hey, before we get into these wide receivers schedule, because we haven't really publicized it too much. We should make a graphic this week for it too. So Wednesday night. And then if you just listen to the podcast, Wednesday night, we're going to be live streaming our podcast, and you could check it out. You could listen on the podcast app or whatever, our draft day podcast, where we do our our mock drafts, which is like, this is our mock draft. We've watched every play that we're going to watch pre-draft. This is it. So that will be Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we'll be live streaming every single minute of the draft. I think it turns out into about... 17 hours of live streaming that we do that's about every single minute of the draft we will be there for you uh friday we will have a podcast out recapping uh the first round pick that the giants make or maybe they'll do a trade or something crazy and then monday we'll have a full draft recap and then obviously we'll have film breakdowns uh on every player of the giants draft uh as as they come so very very excited for this um, we're having Robert Smits is joining us for our live streams uh, this year. Obviously, the Football Grump is going to be there, so we are going to be working twenty-hour days to do this draft thing, man. It's a, it's a, it's. I mean, it's basically the biggest time of the year besides Week One. Yeah,
1: yeah, super excited. Um, there is no other weekend. There is no other week. That's really like this, too. And then, of course, there's UDFAs that follow, too. And we get all excited. We get all buzzed up. I mean, hey, Bobby Skinner. We
0: recap every single UDFA the Giants signed. Every single one.
1: Bobby Skinner gets sometimes a little bit more excited for the UDFAs that come along here than your average, average
0: uh, fifth, sixth-round pick that we got here.
1: So buckle up. You don't
0: want to miss those podcasts. Those podcasts make your preseason viewing a much more, a much better experience because it's like, okay, I got info on yeah. all these guys. Like, these guys tell me what they're good at, what they struggle at. You know, in UDFAs, we're not breaking these guys down like future on the team. We're just basically telling you, hey, this is what this guy can do. This is what this guy can't do. Likely to make the, you know, be on practice squad, maybe make the roster. You know, and last year we made had Timone Fox and Ryder Anderson off the UDFA list, uh, playing, taking snaps for the Yeah, two late big players.
1: Year. But enough about UDFAs enough about guys that we'll talk about like two weeks from now, whatever. I guess based on talking giants history, like you said, Bobby, I guess we're going to be talking about the giants first round pick. Maybe out of the, these eight guys that we're going to be talking about.
0: Yeah. uh, There's a, a very good chance that we are talking about a future giant on this episode. Um, And let's be real.
1: I think it's out of the
0: players that we have, I think it's down to two, and it's the first two guys we'll be talking about. It might even be down to three. All right, so let's get into this wide receiver draft preview, Justin. Uh, We're not going to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba just because we we do not expect him to be there uh, at pick 25. But is he wide receiver one in this class with you and I? Yes, for me he is. Yes, me as well. My wide receiver one in this class outside of JSN – is between two guys, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. And I think I'm going to give the slight uh, bump to Jordan Addison, the wide receiver at USC that we're going to talk about right oh, now. Oh, I thought you were going to go the opposite. No, I, Zay Flowers is more exciting to me. He's more fun to me. But Jordan Addison, I think he's a little more fail-safe than Zay Flowers. Where Zay Flowers has some drop issues. He's obviously, a, you know, Jordan Addison's not big. And Zay Flowers is, as you know, two inches smaller than him, even though, uh, has a little more weight on him, uh. But it, it's it is, you know, we're splitting hairs here because it's it's it was a, a tough decision for me on these guys. But Addison, man, I think he's just going to be a really good wide receiver in the NFL. Um, transferred from Pitt to USC, he had 1600 yards receiving at Pitt the year before, 900 this last year in 11 games. He's just been a highly productive route runner, uh, who is or a highly productive wide receiver who's just kind of a route running master, right? And yep. his speed, I think is good. Like he ran a four four nine forty, 40, had a bad 10 yard split, but I think his speed is better than what that combine testing, uh, says, but it's not, it's still not going to be like what separates him from the pack is like the speed that this guy has, but he is very quick. I think with good, per, uh, good burst. And again, he's just, to me, he's the best out of these guys we're talking about the best route runner. Like he's got diverse, quick releases that allow him to win quick. Um, He knows how to set DBs up. Like he works leverage. And once he does separate, he will stay separated, will not allow DBs to get back into that catch space. And then, you know, I think he can, I think he creates, will create big plays in the NFL. You know, there's a question of like, will he play slot outside, played more outside at USC, more slot at, at Pitt? With this Giants offense, they value guys who can do both. And I, I want to see him on the outside, at least to start. Like, I want to see what he can do out there because I think this is a guy who can separate deep and contract the ball and, and create, you know, those 20 to 40 yard plays.
1: Yeah. Jordan Addison is wide receiver two um, on my board as well. And the gap is a little bit further away than what you have between Jordan Addison uh, and, and Zay Flowers. And for me, it comes down to the route running. It comes down to the route running and definitely Jordan Addison. You know, hey, let's let's use draft cliché phrases here. Jordan Addison has a higher floor and he is a very safe player and I think he's a he would be a very safe pick for the Giants at 25. Every mo- movement has a purpose and he plays with intention. I have that like in my plus plus category. There is no wasted movement.
0: Yeah, there was ne- there was never a, a play or f- never is a strong word, but there was almost never a play where i went like man if you clean that up a little bit that could be a better better play like he like you said like it's down and down out he's doing what is the right thing to do yeah and you know pff does a, i one of my
1: favorite things to look at every year is for wide receivers and quarterbacks they put out a spray chart of where they catch a football or where they throw a football. And if you're hot, if you're red, that means that you're catching the football at an above average rate in that spot. Um, then, then your peers, if you're blue, then it's vice versa. And Jordan Addison, really USC only really used them on like the right side of the field. They gave him like that Deandre Hopkins effect where they only line up up line them up on one side of the field. Didn't have a lot of, experience catching the ball over the middle of the field. He really did live outside the the hashes and outside the numbers by the sideline. But I still feel like he could be effective at any place and spot on the field. I think that was a scheme thing. I think it was yeah, a I mean, scheme he was, thing.
0: He was a killer from the slot at Pitt. Yeah. You know with Pickett. Like he was yeah. he was dominant there.
1: And he, didn't, he ran, like, I saw, like, drag routes that USC would run, but I didn't see a lot of crossers. But I I don't necessarily think that that's a Jordan Addison thing. I think that's a scheme thing where I think he could fit well on, on running crossers over the middle of the field. Um, he is sneaky after the catch. He's not fantastic, doesn't have that, like, breakaway speed. But he does kick a second gear when he needs to. He averaged 40 yards per catch when targeted 20-plus air yards down the field. And I I do think he knows how to kick and hit a second gear uh, when he goes deep. He knows how to play the position and just seems to be a good football player. There's a lot of guys that are in this wide receiver class where it's like, well, you're a good athlete, but maybe you're not a good receiver, so you take a chance on the athleticism. I think Jordan Addison is a good enough athlete in the NFL, but I think he's an he's an even better receiver, and that is why he is wide receiver for me because he's a good football player and he's a good receiver and he's a good route runner and I think that is what this Giants offense is missing not a guy that can get separation solely based off of speed not a guy that will get separation solely off of schematics but a guy that can get separation on the outside because of his good route running and that's basically it
0: and he's he's gonna play in the slot too in the nfl like i I don't see this guy being a slot only or outside or at least you know like i don't see him ever getting like an 80 20 split um whereas like the next thing I want to talk about zay flowers i do see him getting a much higher rate on the outside than i do addison um really okay but yeah but again he has like great routes so like his his nuance to his route running just consistently loses defenders like he'll get your hips open and then turn the other way um and i think his his route breaks are crisp and quick and i think he's got good like hip sync to burst out of them and that's when you see his his best plays to me and then also it's like hey if you're playing off coverage he he can eat up that cushion and get you going one way break the other way and again have yourself a 40 50 yard post like the testing numbers do not you know if you were just watching his film you wouldn't say this guy's going to be a bad tester yeah um so and and I think he was a pretty good yak guy too, like with quickness, like not necessarily like just make you miss ability, but just setting stuff up and and being able to break off of that. So
1: yeah, slip, slippery is, after slippery after the catch, seven yards after the catch per reception with an average depth of target at ten point seven. That's pretty solid. That average up the target isn't crazy low, but it's also not crazy high. I was actually kind of surprised to see the average of the target being so low. Probably why it was so low is because I think twenty. Over 20 of his like 65 catches came from screens. So he kind of was a guy that seemed to get targeted deep, or he was gonna kinda, kinda getting targeted by screens. But just because he got a lot of screen targets doesn't mean that I think, you know, I think he's still a good route runner. I think that's kind of just how USC used him there. Um, I do think he needs to add more NFL strength. He's a little bit lighter, but You know, Joe Joe Shane Buzzword, he's super young. Um, twenty he is twenty-one right now, and he's turning twenty-two next January. That is super, super young. And I think if he's there at twenty five, this is the guy that I think Joe Shane will run to the phone, call for, and Jordan Addison may be a giant.
0: If you ask me, who I think is going to be a New York Giant, like the best chance to me, it's going to be it's Jordan Addison. I agree. One, I don't think Zay. I do think Zay Flowers is going to go before pick twenty five. Uh There's there's buzz around that. Now you talk about you know needing to add weight or adding sure he does struggle with press right. Yeah, but he also like has these good releases where he'll sidestep and make you pay for press too. Right. Like he's not like there's some lesser wide receivers we'll talk about where it's like press just gives him issues, man. And they don't make you pay where he will lose in press coverage, you know, like Caillou Blue Kelly of Stanford had some really good reps for him, but he also made him, he made him pay by being able to sidestep that on his release and then be able to stack and beat the guy deep. So, uh, the safest wide receiver in range of the Giants to me is Jordan Addison. Now that I'm talking about it, I think I'm like, Kind of going back, Zay Flowers over Jordan Addison. Now that I'm like talk talking this out, on yeah, podcast. I was
1: surprised. I was surprised to hear you kind of jump back because I thought for you know a couple weeks there that you were you know Zay Flowers, clear number two, and and that's and that's where you were. Well, I didn't have.
0: I did Addison later than I did Flowers.
1: Okay, fair, fair. Um, one final note I want to include on Addison. Uh, he had a drop rate of ten percent in twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, and then he really brought that down to three point three percent this past year at USC in two thousand twenty
0: two. Um, he also it, had uh, a really high catch rate of seventy five percent.
1: Yeah, so it'll it goes to the whole like I I, I will never know what causes it's like this whole class has drop issues. Yeah, well I will well I will never know what causes like good wide receivers to. Just have a drop problem, and then it, it's kind of, it's like, for me, it's as simple as, dude, just catch the ball. Jordan Addison started catching the ball in 2022, and I hope he doesn't go back
0: to dropping the ball. Let's have a conversation about drop rate. Sure. This is just a football conversation. Yeah. I kind of hate talking about it. Me too. <laughs> One, it is it is important. Like, it's, duh, like catching the ball. It's catch the main the ball. thing to do as a wide receiver. like and it's no duh, to drop. Like, it's important. But I will never knock a player, like, two notches down because of a dro- uh, drop rate. Does that make any sense? Because in reality, you're dropping, like, one out of, like, Darius Slayton, his drop rate, I think, was, like, 9, nine to 10%. That's of catchable passes. So it's, like, you're dropping one of, like, Fifteen to sixteen targets. Yeah, in certain moments it hurts. That it, that's the it, thing. Oh yes, drops are. I'm not saying they're not important, but they were. They are not going to be something that just totally is like, um, just just drop you out of like, oh, can't do it. Because and again, if that's the case, we're really not then then don't want then don't draft a wide receiver for the Giants, which also is a fair point. I, I'm not. I I actually am. In the boat of there's probably gonna be other players that like more than wide receiver at 25. But right, right. Um, it's a
1: tough thing to talk about. It's a it's a weird, it's like, dude, just like catch the ball. I'm like and I can't I can't be typical like WFAN sports radio and just get outraged
0: over a drop because it's like dude. You know, look at some is, of the best wide receivers in the <laughs> NFL and look at their drop rate, and then it can be high. Yeah.
1: If these guys really wanted to catch
0: every single ball, they they would. You know, I can't sit here and get just outraged over it. Next player on this list, I think I might be moving him back up to one for me. I think you got to. I kind of want to disagree on something. Let's disagree on something. Let's embrace it. I am mean, because it's like I, I kind of went Jordan Addison because he's more safe. But you know what? Zay Flowers is 10 pounds heavier than Jordan Addison. Even though he's at five foot nine. the wide receiver out of Boston College, Zay Flowers, 182 pounds. Uh, had over 1,000 yards for them. To me, Justin, you're going to say 5'9", like, oh, slot guy. To me... Jordan Addison might be a slot guy in the NFL. Zay Flowers to me is an outside wide receiver. No, like there's no doubt in my mind about it. Jordan Addison, you know, it's like he could be, you know, some people may think he's slot, some may people think he's outside. To me, Zay Flowers is an outside wide uh, receiver in the NFL because his speed, despite testing numbers, you know, at sh- you know, five foot nine guy ran a four four two. His speed is awesome and it uncovers him at all three levels. And his route running, Justin, needs to be cleaned up a little, but it doesn't need like a complete overhaul. Um, and even with some like stuff that needs to be cleaned up, like he is an elite separator, Justin. Like he he separates he separates better than Jordan Addison does, you know. And especially deep, and Boston College like to use him down the field, and he would cook DBs. I'm side t- like, tangent. Boston College would run
1: like this vertical offense with a terrible QB and an even worse offensive line. And it was so frustrating to see Zay Flowers cooking DBs, running wide open with a shit ton of separation, and either the Boston College quarterback isn't seeing him or he's absolutely getting demolished by a bad offensive line. It was infuriating to watch
0: from a production standpoint, but fun for Zay Flowers. Continue. Yeah, and he's just like able to like get your hips open and, and turn the other way and he has that ability and uh, he has that agility and burst to just stay at a hundred miles per hour. Like there's no slowdown in his game. Now you think for a five, nine guy, I think, Oh, quick game, quick game. That's where one Boston college didn't really use him in the quick game. And I wish they would have done a little more, but that's where his his, uh, his route running needs to clean up the most. Like down the field, his route running. Doesn't really need much work. You can, you need some polishing, but his quick game routes are very like rushed and rounded. Um, but, and then also more so than Jordan Addison, he's a huge weapon in the yak game. Like, he is he is elusive, elusive, elusive. He'll make you miss, and he'll outrun your ass. Um, so, now that I am talking about these two guys, I'm just, I, I, Zay Flowers to me actually is is better than Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison is just a safer player Uh to me than Zay Flowers, but I think Zay Flowers is a better wide receiver than Jordan Addison. Uh, But this is the guy, this is the only guy on the list where it's like, I don't know if he's going to be there because there is smoke about him going between like that 10 to 15 range.
1: Well, I'm kind of, this is really close minded of me, especially, you know, analytics, Justin of, you know, if a guy runs routes well down the field and if he's good, you know, with the ball in his hands, why should it matter what size he is? But man, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, continuing to look at the trend of wide receivers that are 5'9", 5'8", whatever, that are really short and how many of those receivers have productive NFL careers. And we're not talking about Zay Flowers as a third or a fourth-round pick where it's like, hey, why the hell not? This is a first-round pick, and you draft the guy in the first round to, you know, kind of be a little bit of a stud. Even if he's not a stud, you know, you're expecting him to be a starter and here for a long time and sign that second contract and be a franchise player. I'm putting Zay Flowers in a box of, and this is a bad guy move, I'm putting Zay Flowers in a box as a short guy in the NFL where I need to see a, a guy like Zay Flowers or even a couple guys like Zay Flowers really start to to buck the trend of short guys just not being able to hack it
0: in the NFL for for a long period of time.
1: And I could be wrong with that. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: I have a pro comp. For Zay Flowers. Oh boy, I'm here we go. I'm surprised no one's ever said now a lot of people are saying Antonio Brown. Because Antonio Brown, like what was Antonio Brown's height? You're I think looking. he was five ten. That's my guess. Yeah, I believe he was five yeah, five foot ten. So here's my pro comp for Zay Flowers. And I, I haven't seen anyone say this. Tyler Lockett. Okay. How tall is Tyler Lockett? Five foot nine. Okay. Did or, not know that. No, Lockett's five foot ten. Okay. Uh, sorry. But same same weight, same arm length. And I think he's Tyler Lockett with actually more yak ability, right? And Lockett is a really, really good down-the-field threat. Like he's they one of the, best in the A very similar way. you know. And, and Lockett now, Lockett was drafted in the third round, but the, the league's getting smaller. And here's what I want to talk about, Justin, because we're talking about height right now. Let's talk about the Giants roster right now and height. Who's the two for sure starting wide receivers on the Giants right now? Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins. Sure. Six foot four and six foot one. Yep. Paris Campbell just signed. He's six one. Yep. He gets like grouped into these short guys. He's really not short. Sterling Shepard. Not here for long. Really the only one is Wondell Robinson. And he is a slot only guy. And to me, Zay Flowers is going to play on the outside of the NFL. Now he'll get slot reps but he's going to play on the outside in the NFL. Now, a lot of these conversations are why I'm actually like, everyone talks about wide receiver. It's not the position I'm targeting in the first round. Like, if you ask me what position, I'm going defense, attack, or a corner.
1: Yeah, like Brian Branch and Kalijah Kansi. Like, those are two players Brian that-
0: Branch, I would take before these two guys. Kalijah Kansi, I'd take over these guys. Same. Brian Brzee, I would think about it over these guys. Um you know there is I mean, yeah, let me just pull up my board for for the Giants right now. Um so like guys that could be there that I would take over. Cancy, Branch, uh Miles Murphy has been a weird one that might fall. Uh Brian Brzee. I'd probably take these guys over Brian Brzee, but if they took Brian Brzee over him, I'd have no problem at all. Um you know, Joey Porter Jr. if he somehow fell. Like I'm this is why I don't I think it would almost be good for the Giants to not take wide receiver this year unless they think one of these guys are going to come in and be their true blue wide receiver one. Like they've they've created a wide receiver room to, that can get through this season and not be a huge issue. Like it's not going to be some huge advantage to them, but you have you have guys that you can go out there and trust to just to get some separation and make some plays for you. No one's that no again, no wide receiver one. Like it's still a big need for the Giants. But if you don't, if you see a defensive playmaker who you think is a better player, to me, you have to take him over wide receiver.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And obviously, we'll talk more about that on Wednesday when our mock drafts actually shake out. But um, Zay Flowers, I agree with you with yards after catch. I literally agree with you with everything that you said, but I'm just going with Jordan Addison, uh, I do think Jordan Addison is a he. He may not be a better separator, but I think he's a better route runner. Does that make sense? Do you think that's a good take?
0: Yes, but he's not a better separator, and with Zay crit, Flowers' yeah. route running in the quick game, like that stuff, can be improved upon. Yeah, right. Um, you know, we're not talking about a, we're not ta- with Zay Flowers. We're not talking about a guy who gets just corners all connected to him. It's like it's it's mostly stuff for zone like hey be a little you need to be a little more crisper versus zone in the quick game and part of the, that gives you some hope for that is like Boston College didn't really use him a ton in the quick game like a lot of his underneath stuff was like drag routes and stuff that allowed him to get yak and he'd create touchdowns and big plays out of that but like He wasn't used on like the slants, the sticks, the, you know, the quick outs. uh, He ran, he ran a lot of
1: whip routes, which, I mean, those are just, I mean, that's like the, the undefeated play in Madden that you run like on, on third and short or whatever. Like you run on like a third and four and it like works every time. I have like a minute compilation of Zay Flowers just running whip routes and it's, and it's super fun. But yeah, outside of that, not like not a, not a ton in the, not a ton in the quick game. 10.8% career drop rate. Again, bringing up that, uh, bringing up that stat that how much does it mean you know maybe he does have
0: drop issues like you mentioned like he he has drop issues and they come at some big times too so that that was out of all these guys where we're going to talk about oh he has drop issues at least the games i watched on vim zay flowers were the most consequential and that is an issue too so like the thing that stops me from being full bloom like take this guy at 25 is that and the fact that he's five foot nine those are the two things that stop me from being take if he was five foot eleven I would be like, take, he's my guy at 25. If he had no drop issues and was five foot 9 he'd be my take guy at 25. But those two together, just, I think there's going to be better players there.
1: And I know that, like, his film, like, he's not slow on film. Uh, he's quick on film and he's fast. But he did run a 4'4'2. I don't if care he, about that time. He's fast. If he ran in the 4'3s, I would, I would like him a lot more.
0: Yeah. To me, that's a 40 time I don't care about. He's faster than, he's like, he's, like, we said, Jordan Addison is like, Speed is a huge weapon for Zay Flowers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: 22 with turning. Addison, it's Addison, his speed isn't some major weapon.
1: Zay Flowers, 22 turning 23 on September 11th. Not, it's, it's kind of a tough birthday.
0: The next guy on this list was overhyped and then became a little underhyped, I believe, and that's Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver out of TCU. Now, he fits the frame, right? Six foot three, 208 pounds, had a 40 and a half inch vertical jump. At the Combine, had over a 1,000 uh, yards for TCU. And here's a take I have. I was actually talking with Robert Smiths about this. Max Duggan held Quentin Johnston back a little yes. bit. Yes, It was frustrating to watch Max Duggan. You know, when we talk about some stuff like down the field contested, a lot of that was like Max Duggan just under-throwing footballs or being laid on the ball and it's like, throw this ball to Johnston. But he is, out of these guys, like the true like, ex-wide receiver who can go and win every, at every level of the field uh and he will beat you deep like his speed is really good and he attacks vertically and is able to like naturally stack and get in uh, on top of corners um and he's got the quickness and 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 uh get off to make guys miss in the quick game and he was a lot of his rap yards came on little drag routes you know and, and being able to you know catch a ball underneath and go and take it um and i i th- now there's there's stuff about his game that's not liked right like I think his releases are fairly effective, but can be steppy and press can give some issues here or there, but he didn't face a ton of that. His routes aren't very crisp, like they can be grounded and they'll let the cornerback get it back into the catch space or enclose windows off um, and can gear down a little bit and, and telegraph routes at times. But I think he does so much well where I think he's getting underrated. And it's like, this is a guy that you can work with out of TCU with that size, this athletic ability and the production. You know, and we'll talk about like, hey, he is a—he's not a hands catcher, um, and another guy who has a high drop break. But I also think he tracks the ball really well. We'll split the safeties. I—I'm doing Seahawks comparisons here. He reminds me of DK Metcalf, where it's like a little bit of like a big, freaking huge wide receiver who doesn't necessarily play like a big, huge wide receiver, but also is super freaking productive too. Dude, it was, you know, uh, I did a lot of my wide receiver
1: work before the senior bowl just because I wanted to energize myself to get into draft prep. And it's like, well, Quentin Johnston like even you know, there was questions of like JSN and injury problems and, you know, what is he is he injury he prone?
0: Was, he was projected to go like top 5 at one point.
1: Yeah. And now it's like Quentin Johnson's not a first round pick and no football, no football has been played.
0: <laughs> Since. Yeah, I, I I fully believe he is a first round wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I I agree. There was a point where I'm like Quentin uh, Quentin Johnson's wide receiver one, and now I'm like, well, I don't. And it's
0: because of like, there's question idiot. marks out of all of these guys, right? There's question marks out of all of these guys, but all these three guys and only these three guys are the guys I'm. I, I pick twenty five. I'm happy with it. Quentin Johnston falls into that. I'm happy with him at pick 25. You
1: no, know, it's crazy. The, the criticism that Quentin Johnston gets is that he doesn't play like a big physical wide receiver. Yet, if he played like a big physical wide receiver, yet he was slow as hell, he would be criticized even more for being slow as hell and a, and a contested catch only guy.
0: Well, and a lot of times, like the contested catch situations are the issues of Max Duggan. Like there's very, there's ample amount of plays of him going up and making some wild plays on the sideline. Um, But Max Duggan was held him back um at times which is crazy for a guy who was like in the Heisman voting and that speaks to that TCU offense with, yeah. you know Ken, we just talked about Ken J Miller on the last episode and Steve Avila on the episode before that um you know so it's set up for a quarterback to succeed uh but yeah like I think Max Duggan like stopped him and he can go up and make those high plays you know 40 and a half inch vertical jump so again he doesn't always play like the six foot three 40 inch vertical wide receiver but you do see it there you see the speed that this guy moves with at his size. I think he has and the fastest 40 out of the top 4 wide receivers. He didn't run at the combine. What did he run at his pro day?
1: I wrote why did I write that down? Fastest 40 out of the top 4 wide receivers. Might be from his pro day. That's something that I wrote down and I don't think I would have wrote it down for no reason.
0: At his pro day he ran a
1: 4.51. So No, that is wrong. I was wrong, Justin. Maybe take that out. Um Tenth of the nation in yards per route run. That is a correct stat. That is a correct stat for sure. Tenth of the nation in yards per route run. Um, and that's a stat that I like to look at, just kind of like on an uh, on an efficiency standpoint. If you're if you're running routes, um, are you catching the ball and are you getting yards? So, um, Quentin Johnson was good in that category. but he's he is faster than his size. This guy's not slow, and he is he is a weapon with this ball. He can split and the ball middle field hands. open safeties. Yeah. And in, and in the act game, like, and, you know, we talk about, you know, I, I was talking about that sprite chart for PFF before he is equally targeted in all levels of the field behind the line of scrimmage in the intermediate part of the field, past the sticks and deep like and even even getting towards like the middle of the field and the hash marks as well he was targeted all over the field
0: yeah in the intermediate game like i think he explodes out of his breaks and has like really good change of direction speed again there is some stuff that needs to be cleaned up you know about his routes where again they can be rounded they can he can almost be moving them too fast where like it lets the cornerback play into his hips and can close close those windows um you know, and almost like telegraph because he's just going so full speed. But that's stuff that can be worked on. And I think, like you know, for a guy who can win vertically, like he comes back to the ball well too. You know, if you're you know, if you're a guy who's respected deep vertically. That's when the curl routes are the most uh, valuable, and Quentin Johnson does a really good job of selling verticals on those and fighting, uh, fighting back to the ball and those and creating separation on those. You know, and those are chain mover type plays when you got a guy like that. So this is a guy who is six foot three can win at all three levels of the field and has room to grow. He is totally in at pick twenty five for me. Totally in.
1: Yeah, I don't think the Giants met with him. From what's reported, don't don't know.
0: Yeah, I think um, they just did some stuff with him at the pro day.
1: Yeah, faced a ton of off coverage, had free releases and he ate on those free releases. He he really did. It really allows him to look explosive and have good route sell. This is the guy out of the, you know, that of the big 4, out of the top 4 wide receivers. This is the guy that gets me excited on, like, crossers, like running those Brian Dable crossers over the middle of the field and having Daniel Jones target him. Because not only does he have the speed, he has the physicality where maybe even if he's blanketed a little bit that maybe he can come away with the catch. Uh, But also, if he is schemed wide open, I mean, look out. He's going to break tackles, and he has the speed to maybe even outrun some guys um, as well. But he did, I mean, for a guy that's so big, I still have a question here. How is he against press man, which maybe that question shouldn't even be here. But because he faced so many free releases in college and we have these physicality questions for a guy that is so big, will he even struggle a little bit with press man, even with the size?
0: Yeah, and that's product of playing the type of defenses that they played with the, top of, with the type of offense they play. But there there was times where he would get impressed and he struggle a little bit, but he wasn't like... Someone who was like, okay, he struggles in press yep. and he's just connected with throughout the rest of the yeah. route.
1: He is a body catcher. That is a thing, though.
0: Yeah, where Zayflower has drops, a lot of the guys have drops. Quentin Johnson, it bothers you a little more because he is a body catcher. Like, he yeah. doesn't go up and, and like, it's not, it's not, he's not even a body catcher down the field. It's, he's a body catcher in the, in the short area of the field. Like, if he's on a drag route, he'll let that ball come into his chest. And it's like, just just go out and snag it and run. Yep. Uh, and obviously leads to drops. Uh, but, like, drops down the field, to me, weren't the the big thing. It was actually in the – it was, like, uncontested catches that were when you'd see that. Uh, all right. Next guy on this list is SeatGeek. And today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. And guess what? The devils are back. The devils are back. I hope the plane I'm on tonight has TV so I can watch the devils and rangers. And the devils win, baby. Probably not going to win. They always want to make sure that you are getting a good deal, so when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means uh, good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. Now that I'm I'm talking about SeatGeek, it reminds me. I use SeatGeek for my trip to New York. Guess which game I'm going to.
1: You are going to a professional game in New York? You're not going to a janky game, are you?
0: No, I'm going to the Mets on Wednesday night.
1: You're going to the Mets on Wednesday night?
0: Jolly Olive invited the company.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. We're gonna record. We're gonna be done before then.
0: We recorded like four. Oh, I thought we were going like five, six. This is news. No, we record at four because we want it out on the podcast by like six or so. Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Even yeah, if I'm late. Okay, worry. You're part of JM Mets. We'll figure it out. I guess what the tickets were cheap, so even if I'm not able to go, I'm not feeling bad because SeatGeek was great and got me a great deal. Great prices. And every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. Maybe I'll do a swap. That's maybe what I'll do is I'll do a swap. They always want to make sure that you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. All right, next guy on this list. Oh boy, let's talk about it. Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, who had five touchdowns for Alabama, at six foot, one hundred seventy-six pounds, ran a four-four forty, a forty-inch vertical jump, and had over twelve hundred receiving yards for the Volunteers this year. Very slender wide receiver, Justin, um, and he basically got all of his production from simply just running past the defenses almost all of it like it was and most of his production to me was a lot a lot of uh, scheme stuff now he is has great speed I don't think he has elite speed but he does have great speed and that obviously allows him to uncover deep you know and if there's a guy who can eat up cushion it's Jalen Hyatt like you play 10 yards off him he's gonna he's still gonna be able to run past you um, you know, and turn those hips of the DBs and he's got subtle movements to just stay at full speed. But to me, man, there's so, so, so many question marks. And a lot of it is because of that Tennessee offense. You know, right? And then a, a good part of it is just because of his game outside of running those deep passes. Um Because a lot of his deep catches, Justin, that were touchdowns, were simply just busted coverages because they play in these wide splits. Free releases and a very limited route tree for Jalen Hyatt, like very, very limited route tree. Now, there's some guy, there's guys who run a limited route tree because that's the offense they're in, and I get that. But I want to see more. I want to see those guys master the route tree that they do run. And Jalen Hyatt, to me, does not do that. Like his route, like breaks are extremely rounded. He floats into coverage um, whenever he needs to make a sharp break. I think. Like he gears down way too much, even though there is bursts out of them, and he struggles with press. You know, if a guy gets physical with him, like they're able to stick with him throughout the route, um, and he's not like much of a contested catch guy. To me, Jalen Hyatt has way more questions than answers for me to be comfortable with him.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. This is like this is like a projection, and you know when you start talking about projection stuff, um, I. I don't I don't consider myself the smartest guy in the room to be like Jalen Hyatt. He can project as this in the NFL because Tennessee is not it's not like watching football. It's like watch. It's like watching a track meet. (laughs) That's what watching Tennessee's offense is. Great. You can run in a straight line. Great. You can run in a track meet. Great. You're fast. But that's not that's not football. Like they, they play and I'm surprised more college teams. Don't do that because it kind of works for Tennessee. If you got a quarterback with a big arm, you got receivers that can run fast, and maybe they're not the best route runners. Teams should kind of do those wide splits and weird stuff a little bit more and put defenses in conflict. But they don't. And Tennessee did it well this past year. So um, Will Fuller comp like Deshaun Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that, those are like guys that can come to Deshaun mind.
0: J- Deshaun Jackson is way too high of a comp for me for him. You know, but guys that just kind of run deep. Will Fuller can make sense to me but to me there's there's so much issues with his game you know this isn't just me being like oh these plays in a fake offense like there's flat out issues in his game when he's doing anything besides running past defenses you know and a lo- i'm telling you a lot of times when he's running past defenses it's not because he's so fast he's able to stack a db and get past them and and separate all lot of times, it's just the defenses they got a lot thrown at them and one guy plays it wrong and bam he's wide open for a touchdown um Like out of the Alabama out of the five touchdowns he had first Alabama, I thought one was like really impressive. And it was it was a post route and it was actually a touchdown on Brian Branch, who we, we both like a lot. But even then, like it wasn't a very crisp route, but it was just like his speed was able to get some vertical sell, get Branch on his heels, cut off for the post. And, and make a, a tough catch with uh, with Brian Branch and coverage, uh, you know, like right there off of the off coverage. But again, he was able to have that vertical sell. So, hey, he's got something that some a lot of guys don't have and that's the most important thing or, you know, like the most important prerequisite for a wide receiver. Speed. But there's so, so many issues to his game where I am not comfortable with him at all in the first round. And even honestly at pick 57, like it, it leaves me a little queasy because that offense, like historically, does not translate to the NFL with wide receivers. You saw it with guys like Corey Coleman, like it is that Baylor offense. And I, I don't know. Like, I am. You know, and it would be one thing if they played him like they played Cedric Tillman. Like Cedric Tillman can play wide receiver. You know, even though he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's awesome. He had the deal with press, and you know, he did a good job route running. Jalen Hyatt is just simply fast, 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 run past defenses, and that's basically it. And then the speed allowing him to open up in the intermediate, but it's not because of great route running; it's just because of great vertical cell that he has.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean the the numbers on him are nuts, and the explosive plays are are nuts. Um, you know, something that really just impresses me the most. 75% catch rate with an average up to target of is of 14 is crazy. And averaging 7.3 yards after the catch per reception with that average up to target of 14 yards is even more crazier. And again, it's kind of like the system, but you know, you can't, you know, can you fault the guy, you know, uh, in the system? Um, you know, I, I do see, you know, in the NFL him running crossers, um, you know, him running, uh, go routes, you know, him running drags. I, I think he could be successful doing that. Maybe even running posts or mini posts. You know, I, I, I could see him being successful in there. I'm rooting for night one of the draft. Um, if, you know, if we were, if we were talking chargers or if we were talking Raiders or talking Bronx, talking Broncos, I wouldn't be rooting for this because then we, you know, we have to play Patrick. We would have to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year, but just as an NFL fan of a team in the NFC, um, I think Kansas City, it would be ideal for Jalen Hyatt because Kansas City doesn't really need a number one wide receiver. They have Travis Kelsey to eat up however many targets. Get Jalen Hyatt in there. Get like a legit vertical deep option in your offense that's going to stretch the field. And if there's ever a busted coverage, Pat Mahomes is going to put the ball 40, 50 plus yards in the air and Jalen Hyatt's going to go get it. And I think he does have, you know, decent ball skills, kind of tracking that ball in the air. That's what he showed at Tennessee, that that's what he can do. And in certain situations where defenses kind of mess up or, you know, God forbid you want to go single high against Patrick Mahomes, good luck to you, sayonara. Jalen Hyatt can eat, and I can see – that could be a landing spot for him, or at least in that kind of offense.
0: It's gonna be interesting to see where he goes. Like, he could go freaking top twenty, and this guy—I I can see—he could this go guy.
1: twenty-five.
0: <laughs> I can see this guy falling, falling, falling. Like, I really can. He's twenty-one, turning twenty-two in September. So,
1: I—I I, I think there is. It, it, this is a back brain worry. You know, I have front brain and back brain worries. I think this is a—it is a back brain. Yeah, a worry. It's a worry that he may be drafted by the Giants because they like the athleticism, they like the straight line speed, and maybe they can, maybe they think that he can project that he's a good route runner, even though we've never seen. Yeah, he just on routes need a before. lot
0: of work. Like you, I'm I'm glad they met with him to get to figure figure him out. You know, but he needs a lot of lot of work. All right, next guy on this list is a guy that you kind of love uh, out of Ole Miss, and that is yeah. Jonathan Mingo. Six foot two, two hundred twenty pounds. The dude is freaking. Big, yoked up, ran a and a half inch vertical jump. Had over 800 uh, yards for Old Miss this last year after not really producing before that. Um, I- I'll let you talk about him because you like him so much. But it's like you read 6'2", 220, and to me, it's like all the good things, he doesn't play like that besides blocking. Like he's a great blocker, and they would even align him in line, and he would block with success. To me, Justin, he struggles with press man and off coverages when he's his best. Where it's like I, this guy to me might be a big slot.
1: Yeah, I I've seen a lot of the kind of projections have him as like a, as a big slot too. Um, he's 22. He's turning 23 next April, so his birthday was on 420 um, lit. So he'll be 23 next April. So he kind of fits. He kind of fits that that molds. Now I will say. We started out this draft process and I did my first write up and my first watch of Jonathan Mingo pre-senior bowl. The draft network had him as a fifth round player. I am now seeing Jonathan Mingo as like a second round third a third round consensus, but like second round and then fans are saying first round. I don't necessarily I don't I definitely don't agree with that. Oh, I think he's a third rounder. I would be I would be happy with Jonathan Mingo in the third. Round. I don't think he's going to be a giant. I don't think he fits the Brian Dable Mike Kafka mold of what they're looking for and I'm not, not? just saying size. Why not? Yeah. I just don't see it, man. Until I mean, if they he, act- if
0: he's a guy if he's a big dude who can play in the slot, I I I could see it being a good fit where we're we're not asking five like you know i talk about zay flowers being a five nine guy you're gonna have to play on the outside or addison play on the outside where it's like hey we got a little bit of a, a little reverse of that situation we got a six two guy who we can put in the slot here and there
1: yeah yeah for sure all right yeah but jonathan mingo is a, is a gotta have it player and i really haven't said that a ton this month, maybe I'm getting a little bit tougher with the guys that I watch, but Jonathan Mingo is a, I label him as a gotta have it, gotta have it player um, for me. um, Good size and what seems to be good speed and quickness too. Like it's, it's surprising and it shocks you. He has a lot of wow plays, diving catches, one handed catches. All over the place. He seems to have sure hands. He has one season of, of of real production. Strong physical player. I I have written down that he can beat press and he won't be bullied. Now I trust your uh, evaluation a little a, a little a little bit more than that. I have that written down. At least I kind of I kind of saw that a little bit after running a lot of short curls and drag routes versus uh, Vanderbilt. Um, there's one specific play where I think Mingo has like very good route cell. He fakes like he's going to sit short, he breaks deep, he sells the route, he splits the defenders, and he's gone. And I think on that play, he hits 22 miles per hour. So this is a guy that's 220 pounds, and he's hitting like 22 miles per hour, which is like in the 99th percentile of like what all players hit. Yes, he was running in the open field, but this is a guy that's 6'2", 220 pounds, who showed on a specific play, good route sell. And also hitting the open field and, explosive, and for an explosive play touchdown, um, ten catches of thirty plus yards and two plus yard catches in 2022. I think like that's like Jalen Hyatt territory of like those like big seventy plus yard plays. And the blocking, the blocking was like even before all kind of like crazy. those highlight plays and seeing like his quickness on tape and his and his speed. Watch against the game against LSU, they're like in the red zone. And there, it's like goal. It's like a goal line situation.
0: Because you'd line him up at tight
1: end. Jonathan Mingo is in like in a two point stance, like behind the offensive line, in line, and he's blocking. And they're like running towards him. <laughs> he's like, and he's doing well. And they asked him to do this like repeatedly. So, uh, Jonathan Mingo, good blocker, physical. I think that stuff matters in the NFL, especially when you're running, you know, outside zone. I like him, man. I I really do. And you know, we started this draft process where he was a day three guy. Now he may be a day two guy. You know, where are you exactly comfortable taking him? All I know is that I I can see Jonathan Mingo being a really solid player in the NFL because I think he's a good I think he's a good enough route runner, and I think that physicality and that size. Uh, if you're not just going to be a lumbering, slow contested catch guy, I think he got a shot.
0: So the reason why I say big slot is one that blocking ability, which is very uh, important for the slot. In the NFL. But to me, he's just so much better versus off coverage than he is, man. You know, like when he's got like he's not the he's not fast off of the line of scrimmage, but he does have great deep speed, you know, and when you get him in space, like he's able to throw his hips and and like you said, uncover deep, and he did that pretty he did that a a good amount of times on film. Yeah, build up Um, speed.
1: I think that's the phrase, right? Build up speed. Yeah, he's got
0: he's got the build up speed um versus off coverage and again like influence dbs and, and work subtle uh subtle movements to get open like he's working at almost a double move um and is a great leaper with that like a great catch radius like he 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 doesn't have any issue catching the ball when it's thrown his way like he'll go he uses his size he uses his leaping ability and he catches the ball but to me verse versus man coverage one, he doesn't have a fast get off, but his releases to me are really, really bad. And instead of him trying to work vertically and, and go physically through a corner, he will veer like five yards inside or veer five yards outside. And then he's not able to stack the cornerbacks when he's in man coverage. So that's why I'm like, does this is guy big slot? Now at six foot two, 220 pounds and bench pressing 222 reps. Can that be fixed? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you got to put the work in and do it. Because right now it's an issue for him. Like like out of all these guys we talk about, besides Trey Palmer, no one dealt with press to me worse. Not because he was getting bullied or anything, but just his way of beating it was like the worst way possible. Where again, he's like veering five yards inside instead of just trying to attack vertically, attack the back of the corner and stack him like he, he was winning he was winning the stuff for them. So but I, I like Mingo too. Um Really liked him down the Senior Bowl. Had some awesome awesome stuff down there. Had some awesome stuff on film, but it's just the down in, down out stuff I want to see more out of Mingo. Um, But yeah, with that size, that ability, I do think Mingo's going to be a good wide receiver in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Out of a lot of these guys in this draft class, like I feel most confident about Mingo being a solid pro.
0: I do. Next on this list is a guy I'm dumbfounded by why he's not talked about more. And the only thing I can think of is that he's 23 and a half years old and that is wide receiver at of wake Forest, a.t perry who's six foot three and a half 200 pounds justin he had over he had uh you know 2400 yards the last two years for uh wake Forest, having over a thousand yards both seasons he is a big fast wide receiver who knows how to separate like for his size his speed is really good and he naturally uh, uncovers deep we talked about with jonathan mingo this guy's release package is is beautiful and he is going to stack and separate vertically consistently consistently you put him on man coverage he's able to do that and then in the other types of the routes besides just winning vertically he works re- uh, levered really well he's a technician at the stem of the route uh you know he uses a cell and was able to burst and go out of it um you know and then with that vertical ability he's got that ability to sell vertical and then uncover underneath uh boxes out defenders like the only thing I can see about him is the age and he's not like you know he's not much of a leaper or a contorter to the ball in in air like he do- again another guy with drop issues but he is a hands catcher why is AT Perry not talked about more to me he's a second round wide receiver and he's looked wow. at as, like a uh, late third early fourth rounder is it only because of the age like this is a guy where it's like I- I'm not understanding the talk about him like is there something off the field with this guy like that's where I am with AT Perry because he does so many things well at that size that there there's gotta be, is there some other off the field issues? Is he doesn't, does he not practice hard? Like what is the issue with AT Perry? Because I love this guy. Like the only thing to me that worries me is the age.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the giants, uh, this is one of the few guys on this list that we're talking about Mingo being included, um, that they did not meet with the giants. Um, so you're including AT Perry just because you like him and you think he should be going higher than projected, right? Yes. Yes. Um I agree with you with the aggressiveness. I mean his length uh, is awesome. Uh, his wingspan's absolutely awesome. He kind of stutters a little bit. He kind of uses the the kind of like aggression, you know, kind of push pushes off some some plays. He he's smart in the way that he kind of pushes off and the way Hodgins separates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's actually it's a a solid, solid little comp. I think he's a better athlete. Um, so, uh, I think he shows resilience, you know, he kind of, you know, to play through some, some press coverage and you know, more physical corners as well too. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, AT Perry was kind of a, a late find by you. We added him a little late, but I'm glad that you did. And there's a lot of people that kind of will put him in the same breath as like Trey Palmer, like going in that same range in the draft. But I think AT Perry is just a much better wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I don't get it why this guy's not talking like t- if this guy's five foot eleven, like I think he'd be a middle round guy. But he's six foot three and he plays that way. And again, yeah, is he some straight burner? No, but he's got the speed and he's so good at the release and able to stack corners that he's gonna win vertically consistently. Like he's gonna win those he's gonna win those routes. And he also does so many other things well. Where it's like, yeah, is there some gear down to his game, but he's six foot three and he's able to separate the stem. Like I I really, really like AT Perry out of Wake Forest. Where is Lake Worth, Florida? It's like right in like smack dab middle of Florida. Is that close to A mm, couple hours. A couple hours, right? Well, that's where he's from. What up, homie? What up? All right. Next on this list, Charlie... Jones, wide receiver mm. out of Purdue, 5 foot 11, 175 pounds, ran a four-four-three forty, 340, had a hundred catches, 110 catches for Purdue and 12 touchdowns this last season, was a transfer from Buffalo and then Iowa. And he only has one year of real production and is old. Like, let's get all these prerequisites, like transfer, transfer, 24 and a half years old. But my man, he, he produced for Purdue, like led the uh, college football in catches, was second in yards. This is a guy who played outside in in college will be slot. Um to me he's a guy who's going to be picked in the middle rounds and I get it. Like I'm not saying he needs to be picked in the second round or anything. This guy's going to produce in the NFL. Like he's not very fast obviously especially for his size, but he gets open consistently, his releases are quick, efficient, quick ability to stack. Um and to me, he runs the full route tree. He runs it beautifully. He understands tempo and he has a, uh, like an A plus IQ for, you know, getting open versus uh, zone coverages. So this is a guy you put in the slot and he's going to succeed. Like, uh, you know, he's put him on the outside. He'll struggle to separate versus man coverage. Um, but he does enough to so like get some targets out there. Uh, also draws a lot of pass interference because he beats guys quick at the, at the start of the snap. Um, and has a great ability to track the ball so uh like he will pull the pass interferences like that and we talked about all these guys having drop issues this guy plucks the ball out of the air had a 2.7 percent drop rate which is elite to me i I think charlie jones is going to be a guy who lasts a long time in the nfl and i'm doing my best i'm doing my best to not compare him to every white slot wide receiver ever
1: yeah, and I was gonna make the cliche joke of when is he
0: gonna be drafted by the New England Patriots? Like, probably. I was doing my best to not to to do it. Like, I was in that Cover One mock draft on Friday night, and yeah. the guy drafting for the Raiders took him, and I was like, "What Josh are you gonna McDaniels. do with Hunter Renfro, bro? What are you gonna yeah. do with Hunter Renfro?" Um. So yeah, so I have him as like a late third round pick, um, who probably go like fourth fifth because of the age, and I get yep. that
1: he gets but, open though. He gets open. again.
0: He's going to get open, he's going to win at the start of snaps, you're going to put him in the slot, and you're going to trust him there, and he's going to be a guy who gets a second contract in the NFL, I'm yep. guaranteeing it, even though like, he's going to be old.
1: And he's not small.
0: He's a No, slot. but he's just not like fast or anything. Right, right. You know. But like he had some good stuff versus Joey Porter. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. got the best of him at the end of the day, but he had a couple plays where he, made, he, he did some stuff on him, but... Joey Porter Jr. was able to just like swallow him up and de- like just kill him physically on the outside, but on some but of that's the underneath- an outside corner going up against a slot receiver. Yes, yeah, so on the underneath stuff. So, all right, let's finish off our draft previews, Justin. Wow, with a wide receiver, this guy took a top thirty visit for- with the Giants. He's twenty two years old, and that is Nebraska wide receiver Trey Palmer, who transferred from LSU. Go Big Red! Had over a thousand yards this season for Nebraska. To me, this is a guy who had the fastest uh 40 time for wide receivers at the combine with a 4-3-3 but he is a guy who needs a ton of work and he's going to be drafted where you give him that time to work but he basically right now he's only a deep threat or get him the ball underneath in quick game uh and let him do some uh yak stuff like he's got some make you miss ability um but there's so much so much so much that needs basically everything needs to improve to his game and even, like, getting too deep. Like, can you get to the deep part of the field? Because he struggles. Like, he's one, he's a bad route runner. Like, his releases need a ton of work. And press. I, out of all these guys we talk about, press just eats this guy up. Yeah. Um, he is not a physical wide
1: receiver. He struggles with physicality. He has almost a 14% career drop rate. Um, when you know, we hey, we you know, we talked about drop rate throughout this episode. When it's when it's like fourteen for your career, that's not great. But he is going to be drafted based on his long speed. I mean, his.
0: Why do you think the Giants brought him in for a top thirty?
1: Yeah, uh, why, are you ask? Are you asking that as a? As yeah, a I'm asking.
0: Like, what? Why? Legit question. Um, I mean, because
1: because his speed and the Giants like athletes. They like guys that can run down the field.
0: Ideally. Yeah, There's so much work to his game, so I have him as a six rounder. Um, If they take him in the fifth round, I'm not
1: like, damn. There's other guys that are there that I no, I don't think I'm going to be like that. Definitely
0: not. But it's just there's so so much that needs needs work to his game. Like he telegraphs his route. Like he is basically like a not to a a deep like he's like hey, we're throwing this ball deeper. Bust with Trey Palmer.
1: Not to get like this, but day three like fifth, sixth round picks, you know. You you look at the Cam Browns of the world, the
0: Carter Coffins of the world. This is a fun day three pick.
1: This would be a fun day three pick. The Giants need a kick returner. The Giants need a punt returner, and Trey Palmer has that experience. And Trey Palmer can come in here as a developmental wide receiver that doesn't need to play right away. He probably would find a way to play in his rookie year just because that's how that's how the New York football Giants operate as a franchise is that, oh, yeah, this guy this guy's going to stay on the bench. No, he's not. He's going to find a way to get in there. Um, but ideally, in an, in an ideal world, the Giants have enough wide receiver depth. Maybe they even take one in the first round, right? The Giants take a wide receiver in the first, second round. Um, they can keep Trey Palmer on the bench. He can be the kick returner, the punt returner, um, utilize that speed there, learn, 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 and help maybe play eventually. But the Giants do need that role. Right, and maybe that's why you know that's part of the process on you know why Trey Palmer may be worth it despite having a lot to work on.
0: Yeah, really, the only returner we have on the team is Jamison Crowder,
1: who's like, hey, would you rather
0: have Jamison Crowder or would you rather have Trey Palmer? Darnay Holmes and and work on him. Um, I'm talking about actual guys you're going to return for a whole season.
1: Adoree Jackson.
0: Don't say that. too soon <laughs> guys guys that we want to be returners for the whole season you know yeah, so it's like correct. who do you want like if you ask me who do i want on the roster as a six wide receiver trey palmer or jameson crowder even though jameson crowder would impact more right now i would actually say trey palmer and trey palmer gives you a speed element you throw him out there and he does have you know that uh that ability to run past guys you know and, and, and throw the ball deep to him so it would be a, a ball of clay a very fast ball of clay but needs a ton of work so all right that's an episode Bam we did it we freaking we did it. did it we are a couple of days away again Wednesday night we'll be live streaming our draft podcast so I may or may not be going to a Mets game I don't know yet uh do it we'll we'll see Thursday, fr- Thursday Friday Saturdays are are going to be long enough and
1: Sunday Let, let's end Sunday let's record um i'm pre-bowling on monday wednesdays are my bowling league i'm not i'm not bowling in my bowling league. i don't think i'll be able to make it but let's let's record it for we'll officially put it out there that we're recording at 4 4 15 everybody be there everybody get hype in the youtube chat and then go to the go be go be part of jm mets and make it for the mets game
0: maybe i'll All join right. you i don't know we'll see robert uh, robert smith said he's going so love that um. okay so, we, we got to show them a good time while we're in New York. Jolly Olive. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday night. Damn. We're almost there. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.